What is up, ladies and gents? Welcome to another episode of the Essential Eleven, brought to you by Acton Academy and Acton Academy Placer. Uh, today's guest is a man by the name of Will Witt, and uh, Witt is uh, a Colorado native, and he was at uh, Colorado Boulder for a couple years, but uh, actually ended up dropping out and heading to LA. And so he has been working for PragerU. If you've seen any PragerU videos of this young guy with great hair on campus making <laughs> online content and, and having conversations with people on college campuses uh, around the country, that is Will Witt. And uh, we had a great conversation. He did a great job answering the essential 11 questions. Uh, and I think you're really, really going to enjoy this conversation. So welcome, Mr. Will Witt. We are all set with the legendary Sir Will Witt. How you doing, bud? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Glad we got to do this. Glad we got to connect, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Of course. No problem, man. If you're helping people out in NorCal, we need those people to be helped. So we need, there I'm are, happy. thank you, man. There are real folks in California, right? Like I know everybody's, everybody's leaving, but we talked to Tito Ortiz and he's like, no, man, we're staying and fighting. So, and uh, that's kind of our, that's kind of our thing too, man. So we're going to stay and, and fight for it. You know, we're doing the same thing here. I know you are. Yeah, no doubt. I hear there's like a um, like an election thing or something coming. I don't know what it was. It's a rumor. Rumor. Yeah, the- yeah I haven't heard too much about it. People yeah. say something's coming, but <laughs> it's a pretty small deal. I wouldn't be too worried about it. Yeah, totally, man. We're recording this on uh, on the second, so we're the you know we're the day before. But uh, it, it's a we live in a weird world right now, man. Uh, it, it's it's a strange deal. Yeah, after this, we're actually going out to film. In Lo- we're in Los Angeles, yeah. and there's so many businesses boarded up. So we're going to actually film outside the businesses, show how the the party of love and tolerance is so tolerant and loving that businesses have to literally board up because oh. of it. And that's it, man. And that's it's nationwide, isn't it? They're mm-hmm. doing it in downtown Sac too. I mean, I know mm-hmm. they're boarding everything up. One of our next campuses is uh, right near downtown Sacramento, and I'm just you know we're we're. We're in the construction phase, so we're just saying maybe we'll get some free help with the demo. You know, I don't know yeah. how that's going to go, but dude, it's just, yeah, it's so crazy. So, um, I mean, before we get into before we get into the questions that we got from from the youth and stuff, um, we always like to do kind of an origin story, you know, X-Men origin story of kind of your uh, your rise to doing what you're doing now. So, what would you like to share on that? Any Anywhere you want to go with that? Yeah, essentially, I'm I'm from Colorado, actually, so I'm not a California native myself. I feel yeah. like a California native. People say I dress like a California native, but I'm, sure. I'm, I'm from Colorado. Yeah. And so I was actually a liberal and an atheist basically my entire life until I got to college. And I was just like, this is insanity. It's insane. Most people go to college and become liberal. I was yeah. the opposite. I grew up with just my mom, really. I had a stepdad, but my mom was really who raised me. My dad was never around. So my mom taught me so many just good values about personal responsibility and and tenacity and just how to be self-reliant. And I guess when I got to college, those things transferred over to actually being conservative values with aligning with a, a certain set of ideas that I didn't even realize before. And so I started becoming very conservative, started getting involved with student groups and setting them up all across Colorado. At this point, I kind of stopped going to class because I was just getting so involved with the political and activism stuff I was doing. I worked with the Republican Party and eventually I made a video on my campus and sent it to PragerU, who's 
who I work with now. And they loved the video. They posted it and they said, you know, you want a job? I said, sure. So I dropped out of school after two years and moved to Los Angeles to come and work for PragerU. And that's a short story of what happened. But that's awesome, man. I love I love that on a lot of accounts. One, even as a career educator, I love I love a good dropout story, man. I really (laughs) I really do. You know, and I'm kind of there's one of these questions that we get into later, like where we kind of get to dive into where, you know, you may potentially be counterculture kind of thing. But that's one of the areas that I'm very counterculture is I'm a career educator, worked at Stanford for a long, I mean, K through 12 and Stanford University. And I've got, you know, graduate degrees, but I think most people probably shouldn't go to college, um, you know, for a number of reasons, which is why we work on the no safe spaces. So I, I love that. I love that part of it. What I love even more is good on your mom, man. I mean, really, yeah. the parenting side of things, right? And yeah. I mean, she personal had- responsibility. She had me and then my sister. And then we also have a brother who's a half brother. He has a different dad. And it's pretty much all of the men my mom has been with aren't the greatest men ever. So she's really had to, you know, how is she supposed to raise me into a young man and responsible and with masculine values, things like that. But she was just incredible Did the most amazing job. Good for mom, man. Good for mom. I love that. So, I mean, that's a perfect segue into the first. So, I mean, obviously, you know, the first question is about kind of your inspirations and people that, you know, you kind of look to as, as mentors in this journey. And that's an interesting, you're right, man. People usually go to, you go to higher ed and it's the other way around. You go there with your good values and your, you know, Judeo-Christian beliefs or whatever those were. And those are, that's usually gets twisted. You went backwards. So who do you look at as kind of this inspiration, your mentors, you know, whether it was coming up through that or, or, or even now? Yeah. I'll just say in terms of that real quick, that it's a difference of values versus ideas. You know, like, like instead I didn't come into college and say, Oh, I'm a Republican. Now I said, I'm a conservative. Now it's like the values are different than the ideas that they represent, which is why I had those values going into college and became like realized that it was, I was a conservative and that the values didn't change even if the ideas did. You know, so one of the people who really instilled those values in me is of course, Dennis Prager. I mean, Dennis Prager is the reason why I wanted to work for Prager U over any other conservative organization or, or go and do my own thing or whatever it might be. Cause I think that Dennis Prager is just so incredibly wise. And he's been someone who I've taken a ton of advice from and a lot of the political and moral ideas that I have now about my life and just America in general are because of Dennis Prager. And so he's been really my mentor on a really ideological scale and how to speak to people and communicate effectively in that way. And then here at PragerU, he's going to get all upset that I'm saying this because we we all we do is make fun of each other. But Craig here at PragerU is the chief marketing officer, and one of the main reasons why I love working at PragerU, he is just so good at what he does, and he's always pushing me to be better. And he comes up with fresh ideas all the time. I think one big problem that conservatism has had in general is stagnation. Is that We've said, okay, this is our message. Uh, it was the same in the 1950s mm-hmm. when we talked about morality. It was the same in the 1980s when we talked about economics. We don't need to change anything, right? But Craig is someone who has never been like that. He, he's super competitive, wants right. to win and, and change minds. And so he's pushed that on me a lot and really been a huge mentor for me pushing me ahead too. I love that. And you got to do that. I mean, business-wise, the, the stagnation is what's going to kill you. You know, I mean, that's, that's it. You can't you're not going to be able to compete if that's not the case. And I, I love what you said with debt. I think that is the word for Dennis is wisdom. Um, you know, very much so. I mean, he's a very wise guy. How did you find his stuff? How did you find Prager you stuff prior to you making that video? 
actually through our student program, PragerForce, for any of the students Got who it. are listening, we have a student program called PragerForce. And I was working with Turning Point USA yep. and Leadership Institute, some other conservative organizations. And I stumbled upon PragerForce and joined. And then I called them with a lady who ran PragerForce at the time, called me and was like, you know, if you're a student, you can make a video or write something for us. And I was like, cool. Yeah. So then literally the next day, I went out and made the video, taught myself how to edit and shoot the videos myself. And did everything and then sent it to them again that night. So it was like 24 hours from when I joined Prager Force to like making the video. And they were like, that was really fast. That's it. But I, I had been binge watching all their videos. I love their content. And I found out about Dennis that way. That's and awesome. one of the videos that were so great by him were the 10 commandments video. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure if you've seen those yep, ones. Absolutely. Talking about that's, all the 10 commandments, but that's stuff we need to ban I, on YouTube, man. That's some hardcore stuff right there. Exactly. Do not murder. Yeah. Apparently that's a pretty controversial yeah, topic to not murder yeah, right? people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's awesome. What was the video that you made out of curiosity? What was it? Cause obviously we see your videos now and they're great. I love the conversations that you got in habits. I mean, they're some of the most highly entertaining and informative videos that are out there. Right. So what would that Thank person you, look like? Absolutely. Uh, the video I made then was asking women what they think of the wage gap. You guys could find that, but you could search for okay. it way back. It's still there. It's not very good, but it was good enough for Prager yeah. to say, okay, we want to give this guy a shot. That's awesome. I have to go check yeah. that. No, that's, that's where it starts. It starts. That's where it starts. You pull the trigger. You'll look back on stuff. You've knowing what you've done now, you'll look back on it and go, oh man, that's, that sucks. You know, yeah. <laughs> but, All the but time. it's great. We had a couple of, of, um, you know, 18 year olds that were in this morning practicing their pitch. They're going to a pitch out at Sac State and it's a pitch competition for their product that they're trying to develop. And, you know, they're working through it. And so when they got done, I was trying to, I was giving them some, some insight and look, you're going to go back 10 years from now when you're doing something else, you're going to look back at this and go, this is awful. I look back at, I did a Ted talk in 2015. I can't, I can't watch it. Can't do it. I've done a thousand <laughs> keynotes since then. So I look back at that and I'm like, Oh my, like take this off the internet, you know? Um, right. That's it. That's I had repetition. my, the first speech I ever did when I came and started for PragerU, yeah. I'd never done speeches before, but it was to this group of high school students. It was a girl who was part of Prager Force, and she wanted to bring me out to talk about PragerU and stuff. And she was the only conservative in her class in Los Angeles. And these high school students, students, I mean, you know, high school students, yeah. they're mean. Yeah. They're like <laughs> evil people yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And so they just like, they're, booing me while I'm up there, berating me, like saying horrible things, like totally being disrespectful to me. And I didn't really know what to do. Yep. And it was like, but I didn't let that dissuade me from continuing on, to yeah. speak and practice and all that. Just like you said, you right. know, going and doing tons of events now. Yep. It's like now I'm doing huge events. But at the time, you know, yeah, you know, you, you never know what it can turn into unless you actually go out there and try. Unless it. you pull the trigger, man. And that's so, right. and that's a good segue to the next one too. You know, we talk a lot about, especially with our launch patterns, which is what we call our high schools here. Um, you know, parents ask, well, what is the curriculum around there? I'm telling them the curriculum is self-awareness. The curriculum is self-confidence, right? You don't gain self-awareness unless you're actually pulling the trigger on things and trying things and seeing what happens and seeing how you respond. I also think that's how you gain self-confidence. You actually have to, you don't get confident as a speaker until you get up and speak and then you do it again and then you do it again, right? I mean, and, and that's it. So how about you, you know, all intents and purposes, you come across as a very confident individual, especially when you're on these campuses getting berated. Um, how did you develop that self-confidence? Does it go back to the parenting? Does it go back to experience? What do you think for you? Um, I think it's a, a few different factors. I mean, I was actually my entire life, I was a pretty shy guy. Were you? Okay. I was like very quiet. I was really nerdy. I loved playing Pokemon while everyone else was all hanging out yeah. and talking. So I was actually very shy. Yeah. But when I got to college, I became a lifeguard and I guess I started working out and I got cooler and more attractive. And so then I started becoming more confident then. Yeah. So I would talk to a lot of people all the time and that was just good practice. But really when it comes to like the 
the doing the speeches and going out and talking to people. I give this advice to lots of people because there's so many people. I, I became like a conservative personality or whatever it might be about three years ago when that wasn't really a thing. I was one of the, I guess, first people to start sure. out. And now you have a lot of people coming on and they just want to be the next Ben Shapiro or the next Will Witt. Right. And it's like, you know, you're a 20 year old kid. Why would you want to be Ben Shapiro? You, no offense, kid, but you're not an expert in anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to be confident is to actually talk about things and focus on things that you know yourself. Don't try to be an every man that is trying to be someone else. It's like if you are really focused on abortion, let's say that's your issue, then go talk about abortion yeah. and be the number one person so yep. people know, oh, I can go to this person for things that talk about abortion, right? Instead of trying to be this every person, talk about everything, be a Ben Shapiro type. It's like, that's just not going to be you. Yep. You know, focus on the things that are that you know and confidence will come. Totally. Go be a ninja on something. That's exactly right. it. I mean, we talk about all the time that, you know, John Taylor Gatto is one of my uh, you know, people I, I always look to in education and he talks about genius being as common as dirt. But the problem is we go to school and they're told everybody needs to do this minute you know, stay in this little minute lane and everybody's got to do it. Same thing, same time. And so people, um, they lose sight of the fact that they, that they are genius and they could double down and triple down. So are you definitely, that's one of the questions for later, but I would imagine, are you a, a, a focus on the weaknesses guy or a capitalize on the strengths? I'm imagining a capitalize on the strengths for sure. hundred percent capitalize on the strengths. I, I think that if your strengths are really, really good yeah. and you're just the best at those strengths, yep. people will forgive you for any weakness. For sure. I, it's not like we you know, want to always look past everyone's weaknesses and say, okay, they can be better in this. Of course, you want to improve on those too. Yep. But the strengths are the most important. That's what people remember you for. That's, what, that's how you change people's minds. That's how you influence and move people is based on your strengths, not by having average weaknesses and average strengths. That's you right. should be focusing on the strengths to reach as many people as possible. Could not agree more. So we've got this uh, you know, society of young people that are, are in our public schools, are in this system that you know, is all about the standardization of the human being. And what we're seeing is this diving overall um, self-confidence from, you know, from, from the younger generation. And of course, simultaneously, you've got this massive rise in anxiety too. Is there anything for you that you still get anxious about and how do you kind of keep anxiety at bay? And do you, do you see that as well? Being out on college campuses as much as you are, um, does it seem to see kind of the systemic uh, dive into this kind of lack of, of self-confidence and increased anxiety? Yeah. I, I don't know if anxiety and lack of self-confidence are always totally mixed. I think you can be anxious about something, but you're more like nervous because it's sure. a big deal and you don't want to screw it up. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're not confident in your abilities, just like a natural thing. Yeah. So, so they're not always totally connected. I mean, I still do like, I did a speech for like 2000 people a couple of weeks ago yep. for a movie premiere, actually. So it was, a, it was one of the biggest nights of my life, actually. Yeah. It was a huge thing. And it was like, I was about to go up on stage and I was still, you know, a little nervous. Yeah. I was like, okay, I don't want to mess this up. I, I know the things I was talking about. So I do get nervous sometimes, but that doesn't take away from the fact that Again, it's things that I know. Yeah. I think in society now with everyone getting a trophy, they, they instill on young people this artificial self-confidence. Yep. It's not real self-confidence because these students don't know anything. They didn't earn it. Yep. You have to earn confidence. It doesn't just come. It's like, it's like respect. Like I respect you because you've shown me that 
that you're someone to be respected. You can't make me respect you. Right. It's like you have to earn that. It's the same with confidence that you have to earn your for yourself being a confident person by actually going and doing things. Yep. So they are different things. Yeah, no, I like that. Tell me about that movie. The movie was called Religion of Green. So it was my first or actually second documentary I've made with PragerU. It was a short film, about 20 minutes long. And so we did a whole premiere, uh, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, which yep. is Jack Hibbs Church, yep. if you're familiar with who he is. Great guy. Yeah. Um, and so he was gracious enough to let us premiere the movie there despite all the COVID restrictions and everything. Cool. So, uh, and it was really cool, but that's basically that movie went in to expose how the climate change movement has become sort of a apocalyptic religion, right. you know, regardless of whether you think what the degree is that the earth is warming or whatever, who's causing it, what it might be. There is no denying that the elite are using that to control people sure. and they use fear and, and, uh, propaganda to do that. And so that's kind of what that movie went very on cool. to explain. It was very, it was a very cool movie to make. Very so we cool. just finished that up. Congrats, man. Where, uh, what's the distribution going to look like in that? I was, I mean, I'm pumped that we got no safe spaces finally out on, uh, on Amazon. And yeah, about that. this one's completely free. So it's all on PragerU.com, okay. all on our social media. Super so just cool. like, yeah, it's funny you brought up the, the people leaving California. The first documentary I made was called fleeing California. Yeah. So yeah. it's, uh, it's all over. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, super cool, man. That's exciting. Congratulations on that. Thank That's you. very cool. Um, you mentioned uh, kind of a little bit of your journey to self confidence and talking about the you know becoming a lifeguard and kind of the physical fitness part. Um, so on the physical fitness side of things, obviously, is that is that still a big part of, of who you are, the physical fitness side, and is that another thing you see kind of a dip in with the younger generation with the, the kind of the activity? Yeah, I wish it was more in my schedule right yeah. now. I mean, I'm working out, you know, like a normal person. But I mean, back then in high school, when you're in high school, you have a lot more time. I was like ripped. I was doing like, you know, 40 pull-ups in a row, yeah. like 150 push-ups. Like I, that was like my standard of being like yeah. in good shape. So now I'm just working out, you know, as much as I can doing some stuff. I have a dog, so we go running Very cool. and things like that, you know. But I mean, look at America. Seven out of 10 young people in America would not qualify for military service. Yep. That was from Time Magazine. I mean, if that doesn't scare you, it, it should. First of all, that's a national security threat yep. that people are, I mean, you can't join the military because you're so un unhealthy. Yeah. And also because of, you know, they can't even pass the ASVAB test as well. But secondly, I mean, that's just terrible that people are living in this country with such a disregard for their own bodies. Yeah. I mean, that should be like, your mind and your body go hand in hand if you're feeding it healthy yep. and you are working out at least a little bit you know you don't have to be a crazy bodybuilder but just going out there and practicing a little bit Absolutely. i mean you can even play sports with friends whatever it might be that you find enjoyable but you got to do something because yeah. seven out of ten people not qualifying for military service in this country is a national security threat and something that we should all be very disappointed it in. is something we should do and something we should talk about more i didn't realize it was to the standard that it was so the the air force um lockheed martin was a client of mine for a long time and that kind of devolved into um, working with National Security Center out in Kansas mm -hmm. City and then working with the U.S. Air Force as well. And, and in my working with the Air Force, I mean, they were legitimately worried that they were going to have to change physical fitness standards, not special operations physical fitness standards, like just basic entry level because they, they could not get enough people to pass um, which is very low level for, you know, all yeah. intents and purposes uh, right. that we need to talk about, you know, that that's a, it is, that is a, it's a scary proposition. Um, the mental connection to that, you know, that you mentioned as well. 
Um, could not, could not agree more, but it is, yeah, it, it's a scary deal. I had a good, um, good talk a few weeks ago. I went out to Texas and I was like, do you, are you familiar with Tim Kennedy? No. And kind of, so he's a special ops guy. was also a UFC middleweight for a long time. And, and we're working on kind of a program for young men. And we were talking about the physical fitness part of that program that we are putting in. And I mean, we legitimately had to go, wait a second, is this, are we going to have people not sign up for this specifically because of this? It's like, we don't think this is crazy as far as the standards go, but that's a real, that's a real worry. Yeah. Let me run through your test. Right. I'll do it. Oh, I love it. I'll run through the I'll, physical fitness. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. I mean, cause it's not, <laughs> it's not anything crazy. I'll send you, I'll send you what we're, I'll send you what we're doing when we kind of have this year long, you know, kind of mapped out, but we've got everything mapped out. I'll send it to you. See what you think. Dennis and I will do it together. That's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah definitely. He's, he's for sure. He definitely. I, I think he'd like that. Um, God, if you can get a video of him even doing just part of it, man, that'd be legit. That'd be fantastic. For sure, man. Yeah. We'll send, send it to me. We'll see what we can do. That's awesome, dude. Um, so switching gears a little bit, talking about what we do kind of at Acton, uh, you know, Acton Academy, we're a global network of, of these schools that are complaining by creating what we think is a better model, right? And and finances is a is a huge piece of that. Our students are inherently learning, you know, through P and Ls and cash flow sheets because they're doing work that actually matters. They're actually creating businesses and having to track real finances. And there's real, you know, uh, there's real money on the line. And they're going back and evaluating based on did I make money? Did my competitor make more money than me? I mean, they're getting real world experience there. Right. So this really ends up kind of being a two part question. I always like to ask about the school side of it. What would you like to change and see if a public school could change something and get, you know, students something that really matters. Do you have anything that you'd like to see them really throw in? And then, um, you know, being somebody that's, that's, yeah, I think you're, are you 24? Mm-hmm. 24 just had a birthday like yep. two months ago ish yeah okay yep. happy belated very cool so being somebody that's 24 too so what would you change about school and if you had to give some financial advice to some of your peers that are maybe 22 coming out of school going crap now what um what would those be kind of a two-parter yeah in schools i mean there has to be some sort of wealth management class or something about investing or I mean, how to write a check, things like that. I mean, how to do your taxes, like things like that, 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 I mean, I still barely know how to do my taxes. Yeah. I'm like practically illiterate with that. Yeah. So if I would, but if I would have just had some class in high school, something like that, that I could actually use or some sort of, they had some business development classes when I went to high school, but just teaching kids entrepreneurship as well, you know, how to start a business. I mean, those kind of things are like really practical skills that young people can use, especially I went to a high school that was pretty underprivileged back in, in Aurora, Colorado, which isn't a great part of Colorado. And it's like a lot of those kids, if they could have had some more tools at their actual school to get ahead in life, a lot of them didn't go off to college. I mean, if they could have had actual things they can use within their education, I'm sure they'd be doing even better off now than than they are now. In terms of the second part of your question, the financial landscape in America is really difficult. I mean, the the amount of wealth that my generation owns uh, at by about the age of 30 so far versus the amount of wealth that like baby boomers owned by the age of 30 percent of the country wise yep. i mean it's it's shocking yeah. it is absolutely shocking yep. it's like 3.2 percent for us of how much wealth that we own versus the other like where they were at their I lives know, I mean, they everything is getting cheaper like uh, tv you can get a tv for cheap you can get 
um, basic stuff for your apartment, like whatever that might be. Yeah. But medical medical care is more expensive. Uh, your housing is more expensive. Your education is more expensive. So in terms of 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 being a young person right now, it's a totally different landscape than like what my parents went through or grandparents went through. It's a totally different place. My my advice is is really just to save ten percent of yeah. everything you make. Yeah. If you can save ten percent of everything you make and have enough money for emergencies, you should always have thousand dollars for emergencies. And then this is uh, a Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey, yeah, yeah, thousand yeah. dollars for emergencies. Yeah. I take this advice and then pay off your debts and then start saving three months of. Uh, of your salary. Totally. And that's, and that's how you do it. And that was great advice for me. That's been really helpful to me. And then I've started investing and things like that. Yeah, but I think it, it, dude, it's great advice because what you just laid out too, with the, the cost of goods going down so much, but the real, you know, the things that actually we see is something that has extreme value, those prices skyrocketing. What that essentially means is it's never been easier to be a consumer and to just right. spend the money. You know, right. and that's, it's exactly the antithesis of what you're talking about. I mean, that's, yeah, I think that's great advice, man. So, right. Well, the big corporations are just, they're shipping all the jobs yeah. to China, making all the stuff yeah. for super cheap, yep. but then all the stuff that we actually need here yeah. is just, you know, bureaucrats are getting involved right. and it just is so expensive. They get involved with student loans and medical. It's a whole nother thing. It's to talk so, about. Uh, <laughs> and so yeah. when you're talking about some of the college kids earlier and stuff too, I remember my first day at Stanford and I worked, um, this is years ago before I went into you know, education as a public school teacher and public school administrator, getting into private schools, all of that kind of stuff. So years ago, but I remember one of my first days there um, working with the controller's office and eventually creating um, kind of a corporate training program in the controller's office of Stanford. So the controller's office is where all the money comes in, right? So we work with everybody on campus, work with the students and the parents, work with sports, work with the professors, work with all of the departments. Uh, I remember one of the first days, you know, young, young person coming in and saying, okay, so what, you know, we're going to pay off tuition um, right now. And my mom told me to go ahead and write a check. And I said, okay, you know, let's look up what you, what you need to pay. And he says, I'm going to just pay it off for the entire year. And it's like, all right, cool. And so the amount was somewhere over, it was 56,000 plus for whatever he owed for the year. Right. And I remember him going, okay, I don't know how to do this. I'm like, okay, fine. No worries. So I'm going to help you, you know, with, with the checks side of it. And the only thing I did not fill out was who to write the check to, right? He takes the check back, looks over, and he's looking at my little station, my little desk. He wrote me a $56,000 check, wrote it to me. <laughs> I would love this. I would love to take this. You go to Stanford though. So we're going to go ahead and like, we're going to rip this up. We're going to, he's like, oh, I only had one. I'm like, well, you're, you know, so, but unbelievable. Oh, I mean, that was a big turn. I mean, he was brilliant, a brilliant human when it comes to, you know, astrophysics, but when it came to just walking and chewing gum, I mean, just things weren't firing, you know, it's so crazy right. how many kids we've, we've put in that scenario. I learned a lot from, I'm an Eagle Scout myself. And so I actually learned a lot in Boy Scouts. Yeah, for sure. Um, financial stuff as well because you know we would sell popcorn yep. and things like that and i was not to brag i was always a top salesman yeah. my grandpa and i would go out for yeah. hours yeah. every single weekend pushing that Slinging the popcorn, popcorn on poor souls that's awesome but i mean you know learning checks and money yeah. and stuff like that so i mean that was a great tool for me i think oh, the young yeah. people should be getting involved because the schools won't do it get involved in some sort of program that has some sort of sales program in it or something along those lines you know i think that those are really good skills for for growing up as well. Big deal. I agree. All right, guys. I know we got about 10 minutes. So I want to make sure we get some of these others. So let's say somebody, you sent out this video, you created this video, 
and you sent it to PragerU, and that was kind of your introduction. Let's say somebody is listening to this and goes, oh man, this will, this will guy's kind of cool. Um, you know, I'm coming out of high school. I'm coming out of college right now. I'd really love to come work for him and see if he needs some help. What are you going to want to see from that young person that would make you maybe take a chance and go, hmm, all right, let's, let's bring this guy on board. The number one thing for me, I mean, this is kind of funny. I can't spoil too much with what's going on at PragerU, but you know, we're always looking for new people sure. and stuff and new influencers and things. Yep. And so I'm actually part of the process of like helping choose these Very people because cool. I've yeah. been doing it. And so it actually, this is helpful to talk about, yeah. but, <laughs> but the main thing for me is like, is definitely go getter status. I mean, that's how you have to be. You have to be self-motivated. Yep. I don't want to have to message some influencer and say, Hey, could you like, send me that video that you said you were going to do. And they're like, Oh yeah, like I'll, I'll get it to you tomorrow. Or, you know, find someone who doesn't have the interest to actually be a part of this. It's like, I want someone, there's so many people who want to do that. It's like, you should be someone who's coming on and saying, "Will, can I send you another video? Uh, I have all these great ideas. I set up this thing so I can show you. It's like, that's what I'm looking for. Is someone, they don't have to have a big following. They don't even have to be that good at the beginning yep. but if they show that they actually want to learn and want to do more that's that's like the biggest thing for me totally could not agree more man i mean that's why we're all about self-directed at here because it's that i would rather i mean in the hiring process i would rather have to shut down a million ideas than have to beg you for your ideas right I mean, it's not even close not even close yeah yeah that, man um, what, uh, in your, in your daily work, that's cool that you're getting to, to, to do that with PragerU and kind of, um, taking a look at the people that want to come in. Is there any part, whether it's with PragerU or anywhere else, is there any part where you have to kind of discipline yourself around doing some things that you don't necessarily want to do, right? Like Jocko always says, you know, discipline equals freedom. And it's one of the rules that's actually up in, in my home, uh, in my house. It's, it's rule number eight in our house out of our 11. Um, so is there anything that you discipline yourself to do right now that you don't necessarily want to, but you kind of need to right now to get to where you want to go? Your house has a lot of rules. Remind me not to come on 11, and break but they're anything. So good, but they're so good. <laughs> okay. And the kids hold dad to it. So that's the best part. Oh, good, yeah. good, good. Yeah. The number right now, actually, I'm not sure when this podcast is going to come out, but because I'm actually just working on getting the, the deal, but yeah. I'm, I'm working on a book now. And good so working with publishers to get signed and everything. Good for you. And that is like, I mean, I'm on a deadline yeah. to write 50,000 words yep. in two months, yes. which is close to, you know, Ugh, that's awesome. what about, that's great. about 800, 900 words a day that I'm writing. And it's like, you know, I work all day and then I have to come home and then immediately start writing yeah. all night. And then yeah. I wake up and before I have, I have my coffee and before I even go into PragerU to work, I'm writing my book again while I'm also following up other PragerU stuff. And that's something that's like, it sucks. It sucks, man, having to, having to do it, yeah. you know, because then you got to research everything too, which is really draining and source everything. But it's just like, I know that this book is going to be amazing yeah. and change so many minds. And I know that the work at PragerU I'm doing, I can't sacrifice that because that is still so important. Yeah. It's like everything is, is so important. I just have to figure out how to prioritize it all, yep. you know, and make it all, make it all come in, come into I guess the right timing, yeah. you know, and then you have a girlfriend, a dog on top of that. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. But <laughs> that's awesome. Other than that, yeah. That's on the book. That's very cool. That is a crazy Thanks. undertaking. People talk about it and they don't realize how much work that actually is. So it really yeah, is. It really it, it's just incredible, but it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's fun, you know, despite how hard it is and the amount of hours it takes. It's sure. a lot of fun, you know, knowing that thousands and thousands of people are going to read yep. this and, and change minds on it. That's a big deal. That's awesome, man. Um, so 
checking where you might be counterculture and depending on, on where people lean, depending on who's listening to it, they might think you're counterculture in a lot of things, who knows? Um, but where do you think you're counterculture? So the question that comes up is what's a piece of common knowledge? Everybody knows this is right. Everybody says this is true, but Will Witt goes, cool. I actually don't agree with the masses on this. There are a few things. I mean, obviously the going to college, you have to go to college to be successful. I mean, I don't think that's true at all. I think, depending on certain things you want to do, of course, you have to have a degree. If you want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, some sort of advanced scientist, for sure. You need to go to college because that's where you learn to do that. But for people who want to start a business or want to be self-starters or go-getters, whatever it might be, I think that there's just so much opportunity with technology and social media and that, that you can make an amazing life for yourself, not going to college and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars just by doing something that you actually really believe in. So that, I guess, goes into the next thing with, with I don't know if you've seen our PragerU video with Mike Rowe about don't follow your passion. Absolutely. And I, and I kind of really agree with that, yeah. that you can't, you can't expect your passion, something that you really like. You know, I love disc golf, yep. but I'm never going to be a professional disc golfer. Right. You know, I, I work for PragerU and do this because I see the value in it and I saw that there was a need for what I'm doing and I could make a career out of this going into that field as well. So it's like, I think that's what people need to be looking towards more is finding what people need yeah. and then making that your passion. And how can you do all of those at once? You know, I, I know this, this girl right now who's struggling with her job and she's not really enjoying it too much. She's just got into her job. You know, the advice that I give her is like, you know, you are doing the job to make money, to have a wonderful family, to get a nice house, to do all these other things that are going to give your life a lot more meaning than just your career. Right. And you just started out, your career will get better and you can tailor things more how you like, yep. but don't just follow your dream right as right off the gate. They think they're so, so many people think they're so entitled out of college. Like they're, again, what they think they're experts, they know everything. Right. I can just have the best dream job in the world. I mean, you should see the stuff that I had to do when I was dropping out of college before I actually For sure. got to do what I do now. You know, I had to do all the just social media marketing stuff and things that no one wants to do and going in thousands of groups and sharing my videos yeah. and all sorts of stuff, you know, to get to where I am now. Like you, ha I know it's kind of a long winded answer. Oh, I'm probably great, rambling, man. but, but it takes a lot of work, yep. you know, your, your, your dream and your passion that you just have out of college or out of high school. It doesn't just always happen like that. Yeah. Like you have to go through the crap really to like get to where you want to be. Exactly. Right. It's the biggest, I mean, that's just a huge lesson exactly that you have right. to learn. If you don't learn that, you won't make it. Bring your, and that's what Mike says in that video is bring your passion to what you're doing. Not worry about right. it. Bring your passion to everything you're doing. No, I think that is, I think that's fantastic. And we do see a, a lot of, I mean, I got, I actually got an email like last week from a 22 year old life coach um, who wanted to know if I wanted, you know, some, some life coaching and um, which is great. And that's good for him on the hustle. Um, chances are at 40, I've been, you know, running multiple seven figure businesses and working with fortune 500s and um, working on a number of projects right now. I think I might have a little more experience than him. He just graduated from college. So but that's, you know, good for him. Um, but uh, that was kind of my response back was like, man, that's great, but you go, go collect some experiences, you know, and then, uh, and maybe be a life coach to some, some other kiddos right now. Right. Um, legacy quote, and I want to be sensitive of your time too. I know you only have a few minutes, so we get the no last problem. two. So a legacy quote that goes on your headstone, what do you want to leave? 
as kind of a, whether it's your quote, somebody else's quote, you know, your God's like, Hey, Will, you're done tomorrow, man. Congratulations. 24 good years. We're putting you in the ground. What do you want to put on that? Uh, what do you want to finally? Put on that yeah. Fine. <laughs> Couldn't you come soon I'm, enough, man? I want to like, yeah, I'm exhausted. Nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that should be on my stone. I'm exhausted. <laughs> you know, I was I was reading through this before, and when we were going through the questions before a little bit, and I I couldn't think of something really that good to go on my headstone. Yeah, I couldn't think of something that would be necessarily the mantra of of my life. Yeah. really to go on there. I couldn't think of anything that would be that impactful. Um, yeah, I'm sorry I don't have a better no, answer for you. About. I was just trying to think of something. Yeah, there. Nothing to be sorry about. No. Yeah. It is. I would say, I mean, the most impactful book that I've read is The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. Have you ever read I that book? I have not read that. Uh-uh. So it's it's my favorite book. It's from the 1800s, late 1800s. It's about this guy. He gets a painting pictured of himself, but he realizes that he's going to get old and decrepit, and the painting is going to stay young. So he kind of makes a deal with the devil so that he stays young and the painting gets old. Interesting. And so I read this book when I was going through my you know liberal atheist transition into a conservative Christian person that I am now, and it totally paralleled my life. And so actually in like a lot of the the things that I do when I give people a book to read, I tell them to read this book, okay. a picture of Dorian Gray, if you're trying to be stronger by your convictions. So, I mean, I would probably choose some sort of um, quote out of Dorian Gray um, for within, for on my headstone, because that was such a defining book and, and moment for me. I'm going to have to read that. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely would check it out. That's it's really, and beautifully cool. written. I mean, just amazing, amazing book with the dialogue and everything. Very You'll cool. love it. Very cool. That's cool. No, I'll put that in the queue. Um, so last one, I'm coming right up to, I know we're, we got time. So last one before we uh, tell everybody where to go to, to follow you and whatever you uh, have everybody go take a look at. Anybody else that you in particular are enjoying following? Now, I, you know, there's a, a good conservative shadow ban going on. Um, I'm, I'm a whole lot of nobody, but I still have a whole lot of shadow banning going on in my own material. Um, right. So anybody though, in particular, you're enjoying following and you would recommend people um, kind of watch and kind of take a look at and kind of keep an eye on whether it's through social media, whether it's an author, whether it's um, anybody that you're kind of a fan of that you like, hey, this would be a good person to pay attention to. I think Ali Stuckey would be great. I mean, you've talked to a lot of men, it seems like. Yep. I'm not sure if you've talked to her before. No. Huh? But her book just came out. Yeah. And my girlfriend's reading it. She says it's awesome. Very and cool. she's been a friend of mine. I would definitely check out Ali Stuckey and Candace Owens as well, oh. who is a great friend of mine and been just awesome helping me out. And we kind of started doing stuff at the same time. And she's just incredible. Um, Those are two good ones. Thirdly. Yeah, I would say those are probably my main two that come off yeah. the top of my head. And then, of course, I, I mean, Tucker Carlson, who's my favorite guy. Tucker's Out of all, I've I've met like all the conservative people yeah. in the movement and stuff. And Tucker is just like, of course, I have like ones who are more close friends, sure. but like just people I've met. Sure. He's like the nicest, most genuine guy you've ever met. He's so great. I just love Tucker Carlson. Right. You know, a lot of these people, they have shows and things. They're divas. They're not cool. Tucker's just awesome. A legit guy. So cool. That's a great. Legit awesome guy. That's a great. That's, that's three for three. Um, some great human beings. Okay. Um, we'll be on lookout for all of them. So, all right. Where does everybody go to support you? Find out what you've got going on. Where would you have people go, sir? 
Go to my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at The Will Wit. You can also check out PragerU at PragerU on all social media and go to PragerU.com to watch any of my videos or PragerU's videos right on there. Super cool. Man, I'm excited about the movie. I'm excited about the book. I'm excited. I'm not excited about all the businesses being boarded up, but I'm excited about uh, <laughs> everything else and what what I think is uh, is coming down the pike, man. And, and uh, I appreciate everything that you're doing to uh, to spread so much goodness around, brother. Really do. I appreciate you too, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I'd love to come back on and have a quote actually for my tombstone next time. Anytime. There you go, man. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Please feel free to let us know, comment, share, uh, continue to spread the word about the Essential Eleven. And if you'd like to follow Will, uh, look forward to that book coming out. But you can follow him at the Will Wit on Instagram. Uh, check him out on uh, social media, of course, on the PragerU videos as well. Hope you guys are having a great day. Thanks for listening. We will chat with you next time.